when you hear the word midlife, what do you think about? What age bracket comes to mind? The most often age bracket associated with the term midlife is between 40 and 65. In fact, if you check on the dictionary definition of the word, depending on the dictionary that you use, you will often see this age reference. Definitions are important because the words we use carry underlying messages and these underlying messages deposit ideas and expectations in the back of our minds that we may not even be aware is there. I believe that it's time we review our definition of midlife and reset some expectations. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Bernie Borges. He is the host of the Midlife Fulfilled podcast to help peel away some onion layers. My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we explore how we can think better, feel better, and do better in the second half of our lives. This episode is brought to you by Cozy Ripples. I don't know about you, but with so many options to watch on Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, etc., you'd think I have enough options but I still find it so hard to decide what to watch next. Maybe it's because there's so many options. I don't know. But if you're like me, then you're going to want to get Cozy Ripples. Cozy Ripples is a free newsletter that provides recommendations by women for women of TV shows and movies they love. Each issue brings you something different, so you'll never get bored. Head on over to CozyRipples.com slash newsletter to subscribe and start watching something fabulous. Also in the show notes, I'll put a link to Cozy Ripples um, and you'll find show notes at secondbreaks.com. Regular listeners of the pod may remember that I once quipped that midlife is, well, Hello, the middle of life. If we expected to live until our 80s, then we're pretty much in midlife by our 40s. To be honest, I said it this way in response to some people who refuse to think that they're in midlife. They don't want to admit that they're in midlife because they think that to say that they are in midlife is to say that they are old. (laughs) which, of course, is the worst possible thing that anybody can say to anyone, right? (laughs) I am being facetious, of course. Sadly, there are so many notions and ideas that are floating about out there, assumptions, presumptions, whatever, about what being of a certain age is supposed to feel like or look like or be like. And the words that we use to sort of describe a group of people past their 40s, get jumbled up with these ideas that are laced with really fear of getting old. So today, I just want to clear some space for a new way of defining this stage in our life. Maybe set some new expectations 
that are more in line with our actual experiences today, as opposed to experiences that our parents or grandparents may have had, which I think, you know, some of the, some of the challenge we're facing right now is that our ideas, our notions about midlife, about this stage in our life are influenced or colored by, you know, the experiences of our parents or grandparents. So that's kind of what I want to sort of, um, change or think about sort of differently, present a different perspective. So let's start with definitions. What is midlife? Not the way that the dictionary or the internet defines the word, but rather what is our actual experience of it? You're going to hear from Bernie Borges shortly. Bernie is the host of the Midlife Fulfilled podcast, and his definition of midlife is not traditional at all. His is one of the broadest definitions I've ever heard since I started looking into everything midlife. The only other sort of definition that I've heard that is somewhat similar, like broad in perspective, is Brene Brown's. Brene Brown's idea. But um, I'll get to that later. First, let's hear from Bernie. I'll start by saying that um, my view of midlife is not conventional, as you've already pointed out. And so I feel like I'm swimming upstream uh, a little bit because it is unconventional. Um, And in my own research, I've discovered that there really isn't a lot of science-backed definition of midlife. It's just what has been written, but really not backed by science. So for example, a common definition of midlife is between age 40 and 65. Yes. And in that same article, you're likely to read, give or take a few decades. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is my opening, right? So <laughs> what I say is that first and foremost, midlife is not defined as the quote unquote midpoint of your life. Now it is unfortunate that the word mid is associated with middle, And the word mid is in midlife. But think about this, Lou. We drive on a parkway and we park in a driveway. That's true. So uh, how many examples of words that are not meant to be literally interpreted? There's Mm -hmm. so many examples of that. So I'm hanging my hat on that a little bit in my definition of midlife. So let me give you my definition of midlife. I really believe that midlife is... Seasons that we go through when we, ex- we we begin to have responsibility in our life. For many of us, not everyone perhaps, but for many of us, it begins in our 30s. So I say that there are three phases of midlife or three seasons of midlife, early midlife, mid-midlife, and late midlife. Early midlife for most people is 30s and 40s. Mid-midlife for many people is 40s and 50s. Late midlife for many people is 60s and 70s. I'm in late midlife. I'm 65. And then the only thing that comes after midlife is end of life. And I don't mean the day you die, but the season of life where you're really in decline, which, by the way, could be for many years. Yes. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's that's my definition. And I'm really trying to rebrand midlife so that more people just understand that, first of all, it's the longest part of our life. What I really appreciate about Bernie's perspective on this is that his definition of midlife 
isn't based on age, really. Although he does mention an age bracket or several age brackets, actually. But really, his definition is based on when we assume and take on adult responsibilities. It is all about adulting, to use his word. If I was to really simplify it, like really, really simplify it, it's mostly about adulting. Because the only thing before the first midlife season is our youth, where we're still kind of maturing and trying to figure things out. And then we hit some level of responsibility and we're in that first midlife season. We are into midlife when we are past the youth stage, when we are knee deep with all the stuff hashtag all the stuff, all the responsibilities, when our dreams collide with the actuality of making them happen. Those are my words, by the way, not Bernie's. He may or may not agree with them. I once wrote that I think of midlife like the second act in a novel. I'll put a link to that essay in the show notes, but it's common knowledge that the second act in any story is where all kinds of things happen. It's when the hero gets into all kinds of action, gets into trouble, gets out of trouble, finds himself into more trouble. It's where the hero learns and grows and becomes the person he is destined to be. The second act is also a slog. (laughs) It's the longest part of any story. And sometimes when the writer isn't very good at it, It gets boring there in the middle. I'm sure you've read stories or novels that are like that. I kind of tend to look at midlife with the same lens. It's where all our lives happen. It's our second act. It's the muck and the weeds and the ups and the downs. It's where we learn and grow and become the people we want to be. What comes after the second act of the story? The third act, the final action, the resolution of the whole story. It's actually not a very long part of the novel, but it's what people, it's a part of the novel that people want to get to, the, you know, the climax, the resolution. How does it all end? We ask ourselves. In real life, the third act can be mapped to what Bernie referred to as the end of life stage. It's our final decline. It's when we get into the process of dying. Okay. I said the word. Please don't go start feeling sad here. We are all going to die. Let's just say it. We are all going to die. No one escapes this end. So let's not be upset about this and let's be able to talk about this rationally. This stage, the third act or Bernie's phrase, end of life stage, can take a short time or a long time for some, as Bernie pointed out. Another point that I wanted to just spin on is when you said that the end of life season or phase in our life is not necessarily just the day off or just the week of our dying, but to your point, it could last for years. And my mom passed away a few months ago. And I will tell you that her end of life season probably lasted eight years. Um, she died when she was 98 and a half years old. And I could very clearly see when her dementia started really showing up and her decline of life started when she was 91. So I had the same experience. Yeah, I had the same experience. My 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 parents passed away at 93 and 94 respectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh not at the same time. 
And uh, same thing, they both had a decline that lasted about 10 years. But the key point here is that most of our life is spent in the middle bit, that long second act. That's midlife. In fact, Brené Brown, on her podcast, Unlocking Us, once said that she considers middle age to be somewhere between 35 and death. I can tell you the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, then being new at something is the epitome of vulnerability. What's also tricky, I think, for me is by the time you reach middle age, which I define somewhere between late 30s and dead, by the time you reach middle age, you know that the only way to get to the other side of the discomfort of being new is to push right through the middle experience. Okay, so why is it so important that we redefine midlife? Why is it important that we move away from the idea that midlife is between the ages of 40 and 65? For me, how we define middle age is so critical for two reasons. First, it helps us frame our past experiences. A common thing that I've heard, Lou, is like, okay, now I can look back now to my 30s and understand now a few things that I didn't understand before, how that was mm. an early midlife season. I can look back into my 20s and realize that I was still growing up and I didn't know anything about anything, even though I thought I yeah. knew everything about everything, right? Right. Which, you know, by the way, that was me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and what was also me was somewhere around age 32-ish, give or take, is where yeah. I can remember circumstantially you know, being in that first midlife season, even though at the time I wouldn't have characterized it that way, I wouldn't have used the word, you know, uh, um, midlife season. But looking back on it, right. yes. So, yes, it helps us understand what all our past was all about. The second reason why we want to use a broader frame when defining middle age is because it helps us approach this second half of our lives with a more positive, more resilient, stronger mindset. If we truly embrace the idea that we are in the middle of our lives, in our 40s, in our 50s, 60s, and so on, right up until we're obviously in our end-of-life stage, then we're going to get up every morning with a sense of purpose. We're not thinking we're in decline. We're not in decline yet. We're not putting ourselves out to pasture yet. We're out there trying, learning, growing, and not leaving anything on the table. I'm so glad that, that it does help to, to give you that perspective. But it's, it's really, the, I think, the best perspective that we can have because there is so much. You know, I, I shared my age. I'm 65. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like there's so much more I want to do. And mm -hmm. uh, I have so much energy and excitement about, you know, this journey that I'm on. I've got goals that I've written out that are five and seven years long, and I've got a plan that I'm working on. And, you know, God willing, as long as I'm able to, you know, health-wise, I'm going to keep going, you know, with no yeah. end in sight, you know. And then at yeah. the end of that, again, God willing, if my health allows, then maybe there's another chapter, in, you know, in front of that. For as long as we are in the middle, there is no hanging up the gloves. We are in the game, my friend. We are right in the middle of it. But here's the thing. What that game may look like 
what you may want out of that game or what game you even want to play to begin with. All that may be different, likely to be different from what you may have wanted when you were younger or have less experience, as Bernie pointed out. What we want out of our life, what we want for ourselves will likely change, has to change because we've lived a life. In his podcast, Midlife Fulfilled, Bernie's guests uh, shares stories about fulfillment, specifically the period of time when they didn't feel fulfilled. And they share the story behind how they got to feeling fulfilled. But as Bernie pointed out, feeling fulfilled is not the same as feeling happy. I've been married for 35 years. And we have, my wife and I have two beautiful children who are not children anymore. They're age 32 and let's say 33 and 27 because they both have birthdays coming up any week now. So 33 and 27, they're both married. They're starting families. They're doing their adult thing. They live far away from us, which is a bummer because we have to visit them by getting on airplanes. So personally, I'm in this season of life where like the, raising kids is in the rearview mirror right? Professionally, uh, a year and a half ago, I accepted a job after 20 years of being in my own business. I swore I'd never become an employee again. And, you know, be careful what you say you'll never do because I didn't think it was going to happen. And it did. I accepted a, a great position. I'm vice president of content marketing for a large BPO, but I still, I was lacking fulfillment. And, and this is where the two come together. When my kids were young, Lou, I had enough going on both professionally and in my personal life that I was busy all the time. But once the kids became adults, then just having a full-time job wasn't enough to keep me fulfilled. I realized in my own life that I was lacking fulfillment. I was happy, but I was unfulfilled. And that's when the light bulb went on. How can I be happy but unfulfilled? And I dug huh. into that and I put out a survey and I had almost 300 people complete this survey, and 78% of the people admitted that they were not fulfilled. 19% said that they were, and I would actually respectfully challenge them because fulfillment in many respects is like self-actualization, and very few of us get to self-actualization, meaning very few of us truly are totally fulfilled. We can have moments of fulfillment, we can be fulfilled in certain aspects of our life, but total fulfillment is rare. This was the very premise that led Bernie to creating the Midlife Fulfilled podcast where guests share their before and after fulfillment stories. I got to share my bit of story with Bernie as well, and I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes, but I digress. Getting back to what Bernie and I were talking about there, it is quite common that we feel happy overall, but feel unfulfilled in one or some areas of our life. For example, we can feel entirely fulfilled as a parent for raising kids who grew up to be responsible citizens and yet feel unfulfilled in our professional life. I came to the realization only in the last several years that I'm a creator. Now, that's not a word that I used years ago, but mm -hmm. the more years went by as a podcaster and you too, you're a creator as well, Lou, you create a podcast, you create your midlife cues newsletter. We're both creators. 
When I realized that about myself, that's when I realized, okay, well, that's why I'm feeling this, this unfulfilled corner of my soul because I'm a creator and I'm not creating before I started this podcast. Like when I was in between podcasts, you know, I, I, I had this, this aha moment, like Bernie, you're a creator and you're not creating right now. No wonder you have this sense of feeling unfulfilled, even though you're generally happy in your life as a creator, you weren't creating. So of course you're going to feel unfulfilled. Equally possible is that we feel unfulfilled later in life due to changes in our worldview or priorities in life. For example, a chosen career path that brought fulfillment in the past may begin to feel sort of, you know, like not enough later in life. To some extent, this was my story. I will forever be grateful for and proud of my successful corporate career. But there came a point in my life when I wanted to do something different, something that would allow me to tap into and gain mastery of other skills and interests. Which leads me back to the conversation that I started with you in the previous episode. It is inevitable that we will want to change as we grow older. We evolve, our tastes change, our priorities and points of view shift. We become different people to some extent. And as a result, we may find ourselves seeking fulfillment differently and in other parts of our life. Midlife is a call to action for change. This is the case that I've started to lay out in the previous episode. And uh, as I promised, I will pick up the second part of that conversation in our next episode when we talk about curveballs, those, you know, change imperatives that get served to us out of nowhere, um, how to handle them, how to navigate around them, through them. That's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. I want to thank Bernie Borges again for joining me and sharing his insight with us. Be sure to check out his podcast, Midlife Fulfilled. And I'm going to put a link to his podcast in the show notes as well. And again, you can find show notes at secondbreaks.com. But all the guests of the podcast share one thing with us before I let them go. So here's Bernie's bit. Lou, at 25, I was overconfident and thought I knew a lot about everything. And today, I'm amply confident, but I also know that I don't know a lot about a lot of things. I'm just confident in the things that I know about. And I'm also, I think, more humble than I was when I was 25. I will be back with a new episode in a couple weeks. In the meantime, if you haven't yet, I hope you'll consider subscribing to Midlife Cues. Midlife Cues is a weekly newsletter about intentional living and personal growth. And every Sunday issue comes with an exploration of how we can be even better in this second half of our lives. As a listener to this podcast, I can almost guarantee that you are from the camp of midlifers who continue to be excited about what life 
has to offer and you want to continue to be relevant, you want to continue to participate and be the kind of person you want to be. If so, Midlife Cues is definitely up your alley. So head on over to midlifecues.com to subscribe. That's midlife, C-U-E-S, one word, dot com. Okie dokie. That's all I have for you today. Keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.